Can a progressive-leaning person be friends with a Trump supporter? Has your perception of Trump supporters changed from 2016 to now? And is the U.S. divided past the point of no return? We'll be talking about all of that and more on today's episode of Borderline Inappropriate. With Merle and Aria. And Fernando. And Fernando Padron, political correspondent. <laughs> no. Uh, Fernando is not an official political correspondent for any uh, news Or unofficial. He's our politically aware friend. He knows a lot about politics. He enjoys learning about politics. I am really interested in politics. And American politics are really interesting to me, particularly in the last 10 years. I am a new American citizen, and I find it fascinating how everything's gone to shit. Uh, before oh nice disclaimer everything I say just my opinion as a person who is living with anxiety <laughs> and is interested in what happens around us but I'm not I don't have any I'm a film major <laughs> <laughs> so, so do with that what you will <laughs> Well, I will say this in all sincerity. The reason why we have Fernando here as opposed to maybe an official political correspondent is because not only is Fernando one of my bestest friends in the world, a wonderful guy, but he is actually, like in, the, in, in all truthfulness, I would say my most politically aware yeah. friend. Not only do I feel as Fernando politically inclined and aware, but you're someone who's willing to have the tough conversations, to have the taboo conversations, which is what we do here on this podcast. I do feel like when you live in L.A., you can sometimes be in a little bit of a bubble. Mm. And I think that there's an echo. Oh, there's always an echo chamber on both sides. But we are in an echo chamber of sorts here in, uh, with a very left crowd. And some people, you know, when they hear the topics we're presenting today, the, they don't really want to discuss it outside of just, yeah, I don't want to be friends with Trump supporter. But Fernando is someone just like us who is open just to have that discourse, that dialogue, which will make for a great episode. You are able to play the devil's advocate in a healthy, safe way. Okay, I like that. Uh, you guys are being really nice to me. I, I appreciate everything it's you're saying. It's the truth. I think the reason why I feel comfortable talking about this with you guys here is because the nature of your podcast is just conversations that you have with your friends because nobody wants to sit there in an official way and talk about anything that could be controversial or whatever. And there's only so much information you can absorb. So I think we're all sitting here with the understanding that we don't really know a lot about most things. You know, like you go Monday through Friday working, trying to make time for your loved ones and all that shit. And then you find time to read the paper or read articles or listen to podcasts and you are informed in that way. And to be able to just talk with your friends and hear what they have to say in an informal, despite the several cameras and the microphones setting like this, is, I think, it's cool. And it, I think it needs to be done more because I do think that a lot of times we're afraid to say what we think. We're afraid to make mistakes. Too. Exactly, for sure. But that's why, yeah, we appreciate you being here. We appreciate all of you listening or watching right now because if this is your first time here on this podcast, that's what we like to do. We want to create a little safe space to have these conversations. Let's dive into it. I'd love to hear from both of you. Why is this conversation itself, why is it taboo to even be broaching this subject? Merle, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> This is a fucking hard question because it's not taboo if you are a Trump supporter. It's not taboo to you at all. If you're someone who's conservative, I think it's probably less taboo. But living in L.A. in our little liberal bubble, progressive bubble, it feels extremely taboo to even admit that you choose to have a friend that is a Trump supporter. It actually and I think that's something that's probably interesting in itself. But I'm also like embarrassed by family members who are Trump supporters because now Trump supporter has become synonymous in my mind with racist, sexist, bigoted. Whether I'm right or wrong, not all Trump supporters are created equally. I have a family member who voted for Trump who I love very much. They did not 
vote for Trump the second time, but I had a really hard time with it for a while. But then I have other Trump supporter people from high school. When I found out, I was like, not surprised that tracks with your personality. So actually, you're just a person I don't jive with at all. So I don't know if I answered the question of why it's taboo, but I think it's mainly because it's synonymous in my mind in a lot of liberal people, progressive people's minds with all these isms, you know, racism. Totally. I think this same conversation could be reversed and flipped and conservative people could be like, can you be friends with the liberal? I mean, mm-hmm. it, like, it literally is like a black and white situation right now. Whereas I think it even sounds silly to say, can you be friends with the Trump supporter? I understand the question. I understand everything. I just, I do think it's silly that we are at a point where that is a question that it's technically silly, but it's not uncommon mm-hmm. and reversed. Also, can you be friends with a, a liberal person? Whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm trying to think now, too. And I'm like, are there other presidents I can think of? I mean, I w- was so much younger, but I remember when Bush was elected, like my mom specifically was very upset. And I knew that that was upsetting. But I don't think at the time it would be like, can you be friends with someone who voted for George Bush? Maybe. It wasn't that crazy. I know. But you know what I mean? This is yeah. different. It has become an emotional thing and that that stays with people longer than like policy. Totally. Think, mm-hmm. you know? Was there any part of either of you as we talked about doing this episode that had any sort of apprehension or anxiety about how could it make us look, I guess, talking about it? I don't know. I think for me, if anything, more than being afraid of, of irritating Trump supporters or people that would think this is a dumb conversation— I sometimes play devil's advocate in my own mind about the whole like snowflake left kind of thing in my mind. And I'm like, am I wonder how I wonder about how I'm coming off. I'm like, am I coming off as like super sensitive? Am I coming off as like so sensitive that I'm closed off completely to people that think differently than me? I guess that's the one thing I wonder about a little bit. I'm like, am I? I don't know. I don't know if that's people pleasing. I don't know what that is. But I'm like, am I just too fucking sensitive? But then I'm also like, eh, he's done so many things that are horrible that maybe I don't fucking care if I'm sensitive. By sensitive, you mean like you take things too serious that he does? Like you're taking it too hard to to an extent that maybe you shouldn't? I think what he's done, I've taken serious the right amount. Like I don't feel bad about just being like he's a terrible person. That's what I believe. I think that's established. I think you could support him or not and you could like him or not. But you know he's like kind of trash and a lot of liberal leaders are trash too for sure so for sure he's definitely making moves he's not a passive he was not a passive president i realize i veered us completely off because you asked if we had hesitations in doing this episode and then i'm like talking about how much i fucking hate trump (laughs) well did you i did i did i was i am hesitant because this is like uh, an uncomfortable conversation to have and as you said aria we do live in a bubble we live in a bubble like california is a bubble and then la is a bubble in california and then uh hollywood It's a bubble in the bubble. You know, I think we are in such an echo chamber. But I will say, and and this is something that I think is pretty important about a lot of the liberal people that I know, is that at least for me, I can live in my bubble and I could like, I know I listen to an echo chamber and all that, but I will still try to confirm that what I am thinking, what I am basing my opinion on is based on fact. And we could talk about that later, but like there's a whole thing with the media where like, I think there is something to be said about every news organization has a bias. I see it across the board and I'm fine with that technically because like ultimately we live in a capitalistic society where let's say CNN, they have board members that they have to please, like they have to make numbers, they have to sell shit, like otherwise they collapse. So and they do, I'm sure, talk about like, okay, this is our our target audience and this is what does well with them and whatever. Like, and I'm aware of all that. But at the end of the day, if your article is written in a way that you could tell your bias, but you're still basing it of factually checked numbers then that's cool. But yeah, I, I, I was worried. I'm, 
I wouldn't say worried. I was hesitant because this is, I love having these conversations privately and I'll have them with anybody. But like for this to be, I'm hesitant because we are saying things that are real and affect people's lives. And we're talking about this from a perspective of privilege. And this is going to be published and put somewhere. And it's like what I was telling you earlier, like whatever we say today might not apply in two months. And things are only going to heat up from here on until the election. And us saying here that maybe we can or can't be friends with Trump supporters now might not be the same thing we would say next year. So for that, it is daunting to sit here and talk about that. And yeah. talking about politics. Politics is always daunting, especially for me personally, because I don't think I'm the most politically uh, inclined person, or I wasn't at least. You know, even, even now, obviously, I'm more politically motivated, but I still don't consider myself even close to being as knowledgeable as either of you, honestly. And so in this episode, you may not hear too much from me. <laughs> I put all the responsibility on these two. So come for them. <laughs> I thought of one more thing, actually. I'm a little hesitant that we're going to add to the divide that's already happening in the country. That's what I don't want to do with this episode. I don't want to just be like, we're progressive and we hate you Trump supporters so that we can't even talk to you. Like, I, I want to do the opposite of that. I think it's really important and my hope and intention for this episode is that we can encourage people to maybe talk to people that don't have the same beliefs as them. That's what I am a little nervous about. That's what I was nervous about. I think there's you're right a little bit to be nervous about that because, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, you guys would know better than I, but from what I understand, for some progressives, even having that discussion is off the table of, like, of having mm. some sort of discourse with someone on the right. Mm -hmm. Totally. Because yeah, it feels like we're pissing someone off on either side. If I'm like open to having that conversation and being friends with someone who's a Trump supporter, I'm disappointing the left. If I'm not and I'm like, no, actually Trump's a terrible person and anybody who supports him, I think I, I question their judgment. Then I'm closing off another huge portion of people. It's really complicated. Half of the country. Half of the fucking... Which blows About, yeah, th that's crazy. Yeah. Like, which then leads to, do you have any Trump friends? I don't have any friends that I know of that have admitted to me that they voted for Trump, but I do have family members. Me personally, no, because I, I mean, I didn't grow up in the US. And so like I came from Asia and then I immediately moved to both Los Angeles, then went up to Portland for a little bit and then back to LA, two very liberal cities. And so I was, it was not, I was not making friends with any, you know, Trump supporters during Actually, that time. I lied, I do have one. Friend is kind of a loose term. High school friends don't talk on the phone all the time, but we're still. You follow each other or whatever, or. In Wasn't some way. Invited to wedding. Like Right. There's tiers of friends. There's like I mean, I I don't think I have any friends in my immediate circle, like friends that I would like go out and hang out with that are Trump supporters. I think there might be like one or two in Arizona who maybe I went to high school in Arizona and there was a lot of people that are Trump supporters. And I was friends with all of them. This is before Trump. So this is before we knew any of that shit. At that time, I had just gotten here from Mexico. And once I moved to L.A. and then I went back to Arizona, I started looking at people that were my friends and being like, oh, you probably are a Trump supporter. And these people were lovely outside of politics. Once I left, I realized that a lot of these people were Trump supporters. And I was angry and I was like mad. And at that time, I was like, oh, I will like unfollow you or whatever, or like argue with you in your comments and whatever. And I was not going about it in like a very open conversation way. I was very much going about it like, you're wrong and that's racist. Or like, you're wrong and you don't know or whatever, you know, like with the best intentions. But like, I have now that I've become an adult, realized that a lot of these people didn't have time to worry about politics, about terms coined by scholars in, you know, NYU. Like I worked at the Olive Garden. A lot of people at the Olive Garden were single parents who struggled. I saw so many of the single moms come to work 
on a day that wasn't busy and get sent home and cry about it because they had paid a babysitter to come to work and they get sent home and then there are negative numbers now. And I understand now that I'm older, like they're not worried about fucking pronouns or like gay rights or whatever. Like I think they, they should be. And I think there is humanity to those things that you don't need to be educated about to be a nice person. But I do think that when it comes to politics, Trump, liberal, all that shit, like people are like barely surviving and don't have don't have it in them to like read the 20 articles that we read, you know, without kids and with a better paying job or whatever. So I give people more grace now who in my opinion, are misinformed. Now, if you are misinformed and you're offered in a good way the tools or whatever and you are just like a shit person, then I don't like you. But I think that applies across the board. It doesn't have to be politics. It could be like whatever, you know, sports, you name it. Well, that's a really good point also in highlighting how not all Trump supporters are the same. Mm-hmm. I think on both sides, it's very easy to paint everyone with the same brushstroke, both, you know, progressives or Trump supporters, you know, on either side. You can see the other, the other side is just being this one entity you know, like all snowflakes or all racists. And, you know, it's like like with a lot of these topics that we cover here, you know, there's a nuance to everything. You touched upon it really well when you were talking about the bipartisanship in this country. We shouldn't just have black and white. Like we shouldn't just have Democrat or Republican because then your standards are so much lower because you're like, OK, I'll put it on me. I'm like, OK, Biden, you know, he's not doing everything I want him to do, but at least he believes in climate change. So it's like it's either the climate change denier or the climate change person. OK, it's like, you know, same yeah. on the Trump side. It's like, all right, well, you know, like I pay, I don't want to pay a lot of taxes. And I, but, and, you know, Trump's an asshole. But like, what are you going to do? Like, totally. It, that's a huge party. We should have a runoff system so you can vote for one more than one person. There should be more than just the red and the blue. Like it, it's the system that we live in. It's the only these are the choices that we're given. People barely even bother to vote for the Green Party option because it's like it's not going to win. Totally. I wanted Bernie to win. Soon yeah. Me. Yeah. Me too. But it wasn't going to happen. I didn't yeah. vote for him. I did, I voted for Hillary. Right. Because I was like, he's not going to win. He's not. Right. At that point, you kind of start. And I think that kind of is something that I think this might be an unpopular thing to say. But I think sometimes liberal people are very, it should be this way. And the system is fucked up. And the capitalistic society that we live in is just... It can never function. It needs to be scrapped from the bottom, you know? And yeah, a lot of that is true, but it, realistically, that's not going to happen. So like we could sit here and be mad about like everything or we could like slowly change little by little. That is my opinion. I will not vote for a third party person when I know that that means I'm taking away votes from the less shitty candidate. I agree with you. It's like you can shake your fist in the air all you want and be like, things should be different. But ultimately, the reason I even bring it up is because when we look at the question of can you be friends? Should you be friends? Would you be friends with a Trump supporter? That's when I'm reminded that not all are creating equal because people vote for Trump for different reasons. Whether I agree with him, whether I think there's a reason enough to ever vote for him is one thing. But it's, it's, there's different, it's like you said, there's a spectrum. I'm saying on our side. I mean, there are progressives that are still fucking shitty and annoying. Crazy. For instance, one here. (laughs) But no, I guess going back to our question though. So either of you, would you be open to being friends with a Trump supporter? You've really been tiptoeing around this question. I would, I would, I, I would. And I, it depends on the Trump supporter. It depends on your personality. Like, are you really funny? Like, (laughs) like, do I like you? Do I like spending time with you? And of course, there are things that, okay, I'm not going to be friends with someone who is an election denier, for instance, like, or you were at the Capitol on January 6th. Like, we're not going to be homies. But Mm -hmm. if you are a reasonable person who still is centered in reality and does not, is like, you're not QAnon, 
I will be your friend. And even if you are QAnon and all that shit, like, obviously you're not, we don't, that means we don't have a lot in common. So we're naturally not going to be friends. But I would like to have conversations with people before discounting them altogether. And because you can grow and learn. And how many things have you believed to be true in years prior that you now know are not true? So I think I would. But I think at the same time, I'm saying that right now where like Trump is not threatening to deport my whole family. You know, like, okay, this is my caveat. Trump is in the middle of a campaign to run again. He's going balls to the wall with all the shit that re that hypes his base. The rhetoric that he has this time around is more unchecked, it's worse. And granted, it's because he is running a primary right now. So right now he's just trying to win the primary, which is uh, all just Republicans. I think once he runs a uh, general election, he'll have to tone it down a little bit to try to get some independence. But like right now, the shit he's saying is scary. And it is, it is now worse than before, which then leads me to think, damn, like I'm thinking Trump supporters of let's say prior to January 6th. People who are still down to vote for Trump now, I don't want to discount anybody and I will. I would love to talk to people and whatever. And there's not an absolute truth to anything. But like, if you are okay with the things he is saying now, it is harder for me to be super cool with you. He had a rally, I think last week or whatever, and he called his political opponents vermin, which I had no idea what it even was. But after a quick Google, I realized it's like an infestation of sorts. And he said they need to be eradicated or something like that, which is, it has been compared, like Hitler used to say that a lot, a lot of dictators, and it is dehumanizing people like us to his base. And that's dangerous. And with the precedent of January 6th, like nothing's off the table. So like the stakes are higher. And that makes, that's the more reason for me to kind of be like, I don't want to be friends with the Trump supporter. But at the same time, I think it's the bigger reason to not fully go into my bubble and close the door because it, it is just way too many people who support him for us to just be like, no, we're not doing that. And his, where's my phone? After he called his political opponents vermin, his campaign clarified and said they were calling critics who were offended by vermin snowflakes whose entire existence will be crushed if Trump wins in 2024. What does it mean your entire existence will be crushed? Like, <laughs> like it's it's crazy. Like, yeah. I mean, my, I feel like my existence might be crushed if he just continues to slog this planet into extinction. No that's terrifying. That's that's wild language to use. It's wild from language. A, from a political camp to be using, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's like something you would hear like at a pro wrestling like <laughs> match, you know? Yeah. <laughs> who says that? Like, yeah, like who says what, that? What, what, what political like uh, correspond? Well, like a political rep would say that. Right. Like what? And then... Another thing that is in his new agenda is, um, this is another thing that I have to read directly because I don't want to change words. Sorry, let me, I have Grinder open, so let's close that. <laughs> so Stephen Miller was, he worked in the White House during Trump's presidency and he's still with Trump and he is like behind a lot of Trump's uh, immigration policy. Stephen Miller is insane. Like it's very radical anti-immigrant positioning and something they are like, there was a New York Times report with Stephen Miller on the record, like he said it, and this is a quote from it, and it says, Trump will unleash the vast arsenal of federal powers to implement the most spectacular migration crackdown. In here, they talk about doing mass raids to gather people in camp and deport them. And there are 11 to 15 million undocumented immigrants in the country. So like, what does it look like to them to gather 
millions of people put them in camps and deport them, including going after dreamers, which is people who are currently under legal status who were brought as, as children. They have temporary legal status that they can work, they can function in society legally. They would be under their plans persecuted. That's insane. And like, this is his official, like when, you, when we first talked about this topic, I was like, oh yeah, I could be friends with a Trump supporter. But like moving into 2024 and seeing this, I do find it harder to sympathize with somebody who reads this and is like, yeah, I am, I'm for that. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, I feel like there has to, there's a level of either someone is really well informed on their party and they're voting for them. Someone like Trump who's making all these claims. I mean, you'd hope that somebody's even if they're like, oh, I'm just doing it for the tax break. It's like, is it worth the tax break? <laughs> Bitch, you're fucking rich already. Yeah. Is it really worth the tax break? And do you I mean, tax politics aside, you have to cover your eyes to all of these other horrible things. I mean, some people don't give a shit about climate change. OK, but do you not care like about the like you don't care about immigrant policy? You don't care about like women's rights like you also don't care it either tells me that you agree with him or that you don't care enough right you care more about your, your money thing. whatever your thing yeah than mass deportations which See, would be which mad. would cripple the economy like also it just doesn't make sense to do that you really you're gonna invest all the resources in gathering millions of people when you could just create a path for citizenship or they will pay taxes and you if you find if you charge a five thousand dollar fine to a lot of these people to get a path to citizenship and like screen them or whatever you want. That's so much money that could be made from there that would stimulate the economy. Mind you, they already, uh, undocumented immigrants already stimulate the economy. Like it just doesn't make sense. And I think they know that they can't do that. I, I mean, my hope is that they know and they're just trying to rattle. Like yeah. they, they want this, like they want us to talk about it and get rattled. But I think we have to take them serious. We do. Because, like, for the first time, it was like, no, he's not going to win. And he won. Mm -hmm. So while I do think that I could be friends with a Trump supporter, I also think and predict that it will become harder for, to say that in the coming months. Maybe I can't be friends with a Trump supporter, but I could definitely have a conversation and be nice to them and coexist. Honestly, what I've decided as I'm listening and talking to you about this, because this is how this podcast works. I don't figure stuff out until we're in the middle of the conversation. Because I think what I land on is I'm not going to say every person who's a Trump supporter is a bad person. If I could find someone that I get along with enough, that I agree with enough, that I can enjoy my time with enough, and they also happen to be a Trump supporter. Okay, I haven't met that person yet though. I have yet to meet them. Just because I think there are so many core issues that we will disagree on that will make it impossible for us to coexist peacefully, happily, enjoy each other's company. I'm probably gonna piss them off too, let's be honest. Like. I make vegan food videos. I'm the I'm I'm the poster child for snowflake. They want their beef. Yeah, yeah, yeah they want their fucking, yeah. But like so I yeah, okay, I'm never going to say every Trump supporter is a bad person. I'm never going to say I'll never find a person who's a Trump supporter that I can talk to and get along with, but I haven't met them yet. And the family members of mine that are Trump supporters, I don't really get along with the ones that would still vote for him. I just don't. It's hard to be friends with someone who's core beliefs are so different from yours. In that their core beliefs would hurt so many people I care about and so many, including myself, <laughs> and causes I care about. That's how I feel because I feel like it'd be so hard to find a middle ground between me and like someone who like believes climate change isn't real or just has such opposing views on fundamental things that it'd just be hard to find that common ground. But to what you both are saying, I never want to say never to most things in life, right? So I'm not going to discount an entire, like you said, 50% of the country, essentially, and just close off any avenue of communication with them. 
you know, in, in my work, I've traveled a lot around the world. I've met a lot of different people, communities, just fascinating, you know, humans, if you will. And I'm sure a lot of those people I met probably have very opposing ideologies to me that maybe I didn't have the time to really unearth because I didn't spend enough time with them. Or just because, like, again, specifically because I traveled around the world, you know, I could have spent some time with, I don't know why this comes to mind, but for example, you know, I spent some time with some witches in Romania who were lovely and wonderful. But I'm not sure. Well, who knows? Maybe they're crazy, you know, like uh, whatever the right wing equivalent in Romania right, is, right. you know? That, that was just an example. The witches were that's lovely. True, right? So they could be they could be very progressive, these witches. But that's my point is you don't necessarily know all the political views of the people you come across in this world, in this life, unless you get to know them deeper. So I can't discount that. So yes, I'm open to it, but I also don't think it's likely just because when we get to that point in a friendship where you want to have deeper conversations. It's hard. I it's mean, hard. Also, the left is kind of hypocritical in some ways, like especially I'm noticing now, which I'm not here to talk about this, but like the Palestine-Israeli conflict has really shined a light on like media bias and the concept of like, well, it's far away, it's distant, it doesn't affect me, so I'm not really, I don't care. Like, I haven't done enough, I don't think, to support people in Gaza, right? Because I'm, I'm against it and it makes me mad that my taxes are funding bombs killing children. But it's Biden and I'll vote for him, you know, mm -hmm. like and so what so what there like people in Gaza are probably looking at me the way I look at a Trump supporter who is like doesn't know anybody without papers. So the idea of mass deportations to them feels so distant that it's just not in their world like they don't care. They don't understand. And and if you are not surrounded by those things, it's easy to to forget. We are not exempt to that type of like hypocritical perspective. There's a really good example of this that I read in a book that it talked about like, if you blindfold two people and have them both touch an elephant and one of them touches the back of the elephant and the other one touches the, what do you call this? The, the trunk. The trunk. They're blindfolded and they think you could tell them, you could ask them, what are you touching? And they're gonna say completely different things. And then they're touching the same thing, just in different sides and they're perceiving it completely different. You know what I mean? Are you not following? <laughs> I'm not following that. Wait, are you following? <laughs> kind of. Oh my like, god! Why are they on opposite sides of the elephant? Shouldn't they both be behind it? Like one one cheek, one each hand on one cheek? That makes no sense to me either. No, according to what? I, <laughs> I mean, mean, I'm just like, well, they the are elephant touching techniques. Let they us aren't. know in the comments if you understand what this no, listen, is. Let me say it again. Let me say it again. The analogy was if you blindfold two people and have them touch an elephant or whatever object, different parts of an object, mm -hmm. um, and they're blindfolded, they are both going to think they're touching something completely different because they're not, they don't know that they're touching uh, an elephant. So like, oh, so they're, being, they're not even told it's an elephant. No, they, you're blindfolded, <laughs> you touch it, and you're like, they ask you, what is this? You're going to say what it is based on what you're touching. Like an elephant is a good example because there's different textures and, you know, shout out to the elephant community. <laughs> <laughs> Avid listeners. Avid, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, we, there is not an absolute truth and we all perceive reality based on our experiences like uh, uh, white privilege sense, yeah. Yeah. white privilege like I I white privilege is a tr it's true it exists and I think even I benefit from it for, because colorism is linked to it right even though I'm not white I'm Mexican I had a discussion with a friend who is white and this person was not fully buying the white privilege thing because he had a rough life and he struggled and a lot of the people of color around him were doing much better than him and in his reality it was like what this makes no sense like what do you mean and i think you all, he also needs to have the the ability to understand that the world is outside of him as well like you know but i i'm like okay if you are really down in life and 
shit has gone wrong for you and then we tell you that you have this inherent privilege which is true i'm not arguing that but like i can understand why maybe and especially if we are telling it to you in a way that is like making you feel bad about it and we're expecting you to be like well fucking white people or whatever like uh, of course nobody's gonna be receptive to that and that goes back to how I think liberals can be self-righteous. And like, I went to college and I got a minor in women and gender studies. And in these classes, I loved them. It was really cool to hear this thing. It taught you to finally respect women. It taught me to finally, finally I saw what it was all about. (laughs) No, and it made me, like you said. It's so hot that you did that. Really? Yeah. I just feel like a man that does that is hot. Listen, but I'm gay, so it's hot. <laughs> it's, still, no, it's still hot. It's still hot. There is this self-righteousness about like in these college classrooms, we talk about these terms and these philosophies that talk about like people. But then like the people that these conversations are about don't have time to learn any of that. Like, you know, though these people that are struggling to pay the rent are not reading bill hooks. Mm-hmm. So it's like I think liberal people maybe could work on their messaging and how they approach other people, myself included, I think. I 1 million percent agree. I think about this, and this is another episode, but I think about this with the vegan movement all the time, veganism. It's like, yeah, it's really easy for me, privileged white woman, to be like, people should eat vegan because, you know, the animals and the, the planet. It's like, yeah, some people are just trying to fucking feed their kids. Some people don't have time. Some people don't have access to fresh food. Like, that's that just like, you. if you don't have the ability to zoom out and look at the world, like, what I was thinking about, too, is, could you be friends with a Trump supporter? I don't like that I said no. I'm not going to lie to you because it feels like I'm shutting people off and I'm shutting people out and I don't want to do that. So if I break it down into the the causes that he represents... Could I be friends with someone who denies climate change? Again, I've yet to meet someone that does that I get along with. You'll need a few drinks. I, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if we're at karaoke, <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, but like, could I get along with someone that it doesn't support? Ab- I mean, abortion. There's so many other things that it's just like so many of these causes that are important to me are under this one person. So to stand up behind that one person, it makes it really, really hard. It's that hard. said, could you be friends with them if you didn't know they were a Trump supporter? Probably, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've, I've, I, It happened to me. I used to work with them like in high school jobs and whatever. And I had so much fun with them. And they were nice and everything was great. And like, I never unfollowed them because I also love to hate follow people. Mm-hmm. So like, <laughs> I, was, like, I was like reading, like most people don't talk about it. But like there was one friend who, I, this was actually a close friend. She introduced me to the people that are now my best friends from Arizona. And I have a lot of love for her. Less now than before. But I still really like her. Well, <laughs> anyway, she kind of was off the rails on Instagram. I would post things that were just false. Like one time, I think she posted about like abortion at birth. And I was like, this is not true. Like, it's just, this is not true. Like, yes, you can be pro-life, but like, th- this makes no sense. Maybe, and also maybe I didn't go about it the right way. She blocked me. Um, oh, so. <laughs> so not quite as close as you were saying you guys are still. Well, but I, I don't, I like her a lot. Mm. Okay. I guess I guess I guess I like her less now. I guess I like her less now. Just because she blocked you. Everything but because there. she blocked yeah. me, yes. <laughs> no, she brought down my Instagram followers. Yeah. And that, <laughs> pro-life, that's fine. But don't unfollow me. So that crossed the line. No, I, I think I know she's a good person. That's what I'll say. Like I don't think she's a bad person. And if she hadn't blocked me, like I would have still followed her. I would. I wish she still. I wish we still followed each other. And we. There was many times where we had conversations, and we ended it with "LOL." I'm glad we could talk like this, and that was. I appreciated that. Yeah, we're not gonna go get drinks, but we could talk about it, and we could not be mad at the end. And that leaves room for discuss, like room to talk. Like 2016, me would have said immediately, "No, 
I would not be friends with a Trump supporter. I think now I have seen the country get so divided to the point where like, it, it, this is just not sustainable and something has to give. And I think maybe if both sides give a little more grace to each other, then we could be cool. And honestly, you know what probably will unite uh, the country? A war, which is unfortunate. Well, I guess that segues into one of the questions we asked up at the top of this episode and we can move on to it now is, is the divide in this country past the point of no return? Mm. No, it's not past the point of no return. I feel like it feels too hopeless to say it's past the point of no, no return. It should be impossible to But it's definitely them. the, f- I mean, it must be the furthest. It's, it's getting pretty bad, country. yeah. Double check this, and then if it's true, put it in the episode. But <laughs> <laughs> I read somewhere that I think the country hasn't been this divided since, like, Civil War era. like Which makes sense. Yeah. 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 Crazy because we have so much, so many guns available. I know. So much, I mean, there could be a civil war. I mean, they're January 6th. That shit was crazy. Could you, okay, could you be friends with somebody who was at the January 6th no. rally? But, but, and let me finish. <laughs> this, okay, Mary from Portland or New York, whatever, went to the January 6th rally and went to the Capitol, but didn't break in. She was just outside. She was outside and she's like, oh, white people going in. Oh, <laughs> she got y'all, this is not it. This is oh, it. she was like decrying it. If she was like saying, well, oh, she, she, she changed her mind. She, well, I don't think she went. Uh, this is a, this is doesn't this is this is just a fake scenario. But I'm like, invested. you're friends with with somebody who went to the because there was a rally before. Like, a lot of people yes. traveled to DC for this rally. I don't think the majority of people who went there had in mind we're going to break into the Capitol. Like, we just can't put everybody under that bubble. But to me, going to that rally to begin with is kind of questionable. But let's say Mary went to the rally, didn't break into the Capitol. Can you be friends with her? And feel free to answer this question in the comments, too. Yeah. We want to know what you all think. Uh, I need to know more about her. I mean, yeah. I mean, other You than, like Mary. We like Mary. You like we Mary. Like, oh, so we knew Mary beforehand. Mary, you know Mary. Mary's great. And you just found out that she's a Trump supporter when she put when she checked in on Facebook. <laughs> she checked in. <laughs> I mean, if we were friends before, there must have been a reason why we were friends. I mean... Right. What causes does she support? What one does she not? Is she just mad at the government? She, she flew from LA to Washington <laughs> no, for this. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of effort. That is a lot of effort to go and across the country. what a waste of a flight. Uh, I know. I Yeah, I don't know. if I don't think we would remain friends. The thing is, this is what it would be. I don't think I'd be like, block, you know, never, no contact. I'd just be like... I'd be like, okay, oh, yeah. what's your statement after this? Yeah, like, what do you stand? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, that, Are you cool with what happened? You right. Know. But, but the fact that she, if she was opposing everyone going in, then okay. Okay, that's cooler. That's, that's cooler. Better, that's, that's, better. that's less horrible. Yeah. yeah. So but, maybe. Maybe. But, but the, she, didn't have change, she didn't have a change of heart because she was never intending to do that. Well, I guess to answer the question, Merle kind of answered it, but like for you too. What was the question? The divide. Irreparable? I think there has been irreparable damage, but I think it could be better. Like, I think there is hope to, to unite. But right now, it's, I mean, it's not looking good. I wish there were like government, like or anyone funded, just like meetups of opposites. Like I wish there could be more regular, not just rallies behind the people, because then you're just around the people that think the exact same way totally. as you. I just wish it was more normalized. Because you know what I was saying? Like, eh, sure, maybe I could be open to being friends with a Trump supporter, but I haven't met one yet that I that would be someone that I agree with enough or could enjoy spending time with enough, and vice versa for them. That's because I'm not around that many. I mean, like I said, the ones in my family, I can't escape, really. They're there, and I've known them my whole life, so it's different than a friend that you choose to be with. I just wish there were more opportunities for people. Again, I know it's the same thing. It's like waving my fist in the air, like, yeah, I wish the system was different. But I really do wish, like, I really do wish that. And you know what else I just thought about? I do have a long-time family friend, friend, person I know that's QAnon. And oh, they- that, now that's... 
crazy. To clarify, we're not hanging out. Because of the family member that would be the reason that we would both be in the same place, anytime I'm around them, I think of it an op as an opportunity to hopefully change their mind. Yeah. And I know that's probably exactly what a lot of conservatives think is the agenda. Totally. But literally last time I saw this person, I said, can we both sit down and just acknowledge that we're going to like disappoint or disagree with each other and just try to see if there's anything we agree on. Or and just hear each other. Yeah, You don't was, have to agree. You could sure, just talk. Just hear another point of view. Like, is there any way? And they were open to it. So we did that. And we managed not to get emotional about it. But I left thinking, yeah, you know, they're not really my friend, I guess, anymore. But we were able to have that conversation. And that meant something to me that both of us could do that. Totally. That, that, that it mattered enough to do it. Yeah. Usually what unites countries when things like this happen, I think. Again, this is just me saying what I think based on what I've seen. And I don't know much. But I think what unites a country usually is a disaster or a war or something where it feels like, oh, we have to. If we're talking about like what would it require, I do think something like that. A could common do, enemy, could do it. for example. A common enemy. Literally, that's what it is. A common enemy or a common cause. Like, you know, survival of... of we have to work together too. I mean, this happens in movies all the time. I feel like yeah. in storytelling, it's like, oh, I'll never work with you until I have to. That's so true. Yeah. What's your answer to this? You About the device? You avoided it. Well, I said, I said earlier, I said, I think it's a very cynical perspective to be like, okay, we can't, we, there's, you know, there's no turning back at this point. And that's why it's important to have conversations like these and to hopefully uh, crack some of the, 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 tougher, the tougher cookies who aren't so willing to have a conversation on either side, right? Mm -hmm. That might be like ruling out any sort of, dialogue or discourse and so hopefully we can just encourage little little conversations maybe we can edge a little bit more towards a i don't know some not even friendship a common understanding i don't know just coexisting coexisting that is that is i think that's how i'll say i think that's the best we can hope for right now it's just a, a coexistence yeah don't come to my barbecue but also you know like i don't know don't call the police on me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is also another thing that i think this is my opinion and i know that uh, this might be unpopular, but like a lot of this comes down to ignorance and ignorance is not like it's not an insult We're all ignorant about something. It's just that you don't know about X thing Like when I was coming out of the closet, I was really worried about coming out to my family So when I was in college at the time I started taking that's why I, I took the woman and gender studies class And I took like an LGBTQ certificate because I wanted to have the information to to battle Whatever pushback I would get and not like be depressed being like, oh, you know, like what's wrong with me and I found it really endearing when like my mom, my sister, or anybody in my family would ask questions because that just meant that they wanted to know more. And to me, that was that was well received. But I do recall a lot of times hearing from people on the left and progressive people saying like, it's not my job to educate you, do the research, do, do, the, do the work. And that's fair and that's true. Um, it's no one's job to do anything. That's fine. But I, I also think people are, I think everybody across the board is just surviving. Like we, we are barely making it through in general. We're busy with life and I will take it on me if somebody's asking and is receptive to educate them on something. And I think there was a little bit of this like pushback on that from the left where it was like, no, it's not my job. And obviously like, I'm not saying educate your oppressor necessarily, but like, you know. Like, there's an opportunity there's there. A, yeah. And I, I, hear, I heard that a lot uh, here in LA. A lot of people say, like, it's not my job. Which, I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying, I don't think that helped bring us together. For sure. And it is it really isn't anyone's job, you know. If somebody's genuinely open, and you might be one person who has a different outlook than they do, and they're actually curious, and they're not just, like, baiting you for an argument. Totally. Then, yeah, that could be... If, a, you, if you have it in you. If, if you have it in you that day. 
Yeah. yeah. You don't have to. Like, really, it tr it's true. Like, I understand. It's not anyone's job. And a lot of times people who are in marginalized communities are tired. You know, For like, sure. I get that. But two things are true. It's not your job to do it, but it probably would be a better way to go about it. Or it would probably be more productive to do it that way. Because they're not going to go home and find a peer-reviewed study on gender. You know, like, right. there's access to education also. Why right. Why are more Trump supporters on the uneducated level in terms of college and more progressive people have college degrees? It's, it is it is a little bit of ignorance, and, and ignorance is not an insult. It's just lack of access. Yeah, lack of access to education or whatever, you know? Like, not everyone goes to college. Mm -hmm. And now more than ever, I think a lot of people are being like, oh, college wasn't worth it. So, I don't know. I think liberals sometimes are on a high horse, and it doesn't help. It is kind of like cynical to ask somebody to like educate their oppressor. Sure. Like, yo, you want me to stop being racist to you? Well, tell me. Like, I get that. I see that. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. Like, I will never judge someone for it. I mean, just circling back to the whole podcast, I think the bottom line is even though I don't like saying no, I could never be friends with a Trump supporter. The reason behind saying I don't actually believe that I really could in this day and age is because I don't have any friends that are Trump supporters. But I do think even if we're not friends, it's important to keep the lines of communication open and not to judge, paint people one way because not every Trump supporter is one, the same person. Yeah. Again, it feels silly to me. I don't think this conversation is silly, but I, it, it's silly to me to say, can we be friends with a Trump supporter? Can we? It feels very BuzzFeed. It feels very BuzzFeed. I always circle back to what you're saying, which is it feels silly to ask this question in the first place. And I'm like, could it be a Trump supporter? I hate even hearing that fucking come out of my mouth. It feels very BuzzFeed, but, it's, but it is like... It I mean, it is. is a conversation to, yeah. to to have. The three of us, well, we all met at BuzzFeed. Fernando was uh, unfortunately already laid off by the time that Merle got there. But obviously, that's where Fernando and I she met. Took my job. <laughs> <laughs> she took my job. Yeah. But I guess, yeah, I mean, like, I think BuzzFeed itself, it, uh, to be truthful, is a very good example of a bubble. Oh, I remember the, this is the most BuzzFeed thing you'll ever hear. I remember when I was in New York at the office when Trump's election, it was Trump and Hillary. And everyone thought, all, at least everyone there thought Hillary was going to win. So we were doing a whole live show and we had like correspondence. We had, we had Tasty doing like a cooking thing. It's like Hillary celebrate. Cookies. Yeah, literally. <laughs> so anyway, as the night started to change and I just noticed a shift, a phys it was like palpable. People in the office started like hiding away to their desk. They were stopped. They weren't in the common areas anymore. They were like at their desk, like hunched, sweating. And there were all of these like blue and like oh, Hillary no. balloons <laughs> up held up that were ready for when she won. <laughs> so there's people literally sitting in an audience. They're filming it. BuzzFeed employees all sitting there waiting, eating. And as the cameras started like zooming in on people, it's like people crying. I remember that. People drinking. I was one of them. I was crying. I was drinking whiskey. It was like so bad. And so then all the Hillary balloons just had to stay up. And at the end of it, it was a disaster. So that's a little. They're still up. They're winning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, someday a woman will be president. Um, but yeah. That's crazy. I mean, I was in college. On that night, I was canvassing because I was more involved at the time. Uh, George Payo was a sheriff in Arizona and he's crazy. He he was pardoned by Trump because he was, uh, he was for racial profiling, he was charged and then Trump pardoned him. Um, yeah, they're buddies. Um, so we canvassed, we canvassed against him and he actually lost that election. 
Um, but I remember like we celebrated that and then shortly after people were also like devastated And I remember the next day I was with two college friends and one of them was so devastated He was like, I don't can I can you guys stay the night? Like we can't I can't I don't want to be alone and we did and then we went to class the next day and people were crying in class Again, I mean, I think we were like film students liberal arts. Maybe the business college was better like, <laughs> was handling like it better. Better. Yeah. <laughs> Just another day. Yeah, I had never experienced politics in a way that people felt such vulnerability and danger like you do like I felt it I have family members who don't have papers and I was like worried because you don't realize and I I know that most people who are Trump supporters or support a lot of these divisive policies you don't realize they don't they don't affect you you're not worried about abortion you're not worried about trans rights you're not worried about immigration it's not your family they're threatening to deport so the same way that we don't realize how American policy affects people in other countries. And we're over here like in our high horrors about like, yeah, we're progressives. We do this, we do that. And then uh, south of the border or abroad in um, Europe or like right now, uh, Gaza, like is the same type of I said that earlier. It's the same type of, of, of hypocrisy. So we are not exempt from mm -hmm. from being shitty. Like I think human beings we are shitty in some ways. We all are. Nobody's great in every aspect. So, like, to acknowledge that and be like, yeah, you know, we're not great. But, like, we try to be great. And to get off of a high horse and recognize that there is not an absolute truth. There are some things that you can fact check, though. That's like, <laughs> you know. The other thing I was going to say is that for me, I think, from 2016 to now, I am way more cynical about just anything. Thing that's going on. So like at the time I would canvas, I, I had the energy to do all this shit to get involved and I go to I would go to retreats and like just be really involved. And now I'm just like trying to finish work on time. You know, know, like and we've lived through so many horrible events that it's like oh, another one. And even like they continue happening. Like before I would be annoyed if people weren't like a voicing their support for X or Y thing on Instagram. Now I'm also more cautious of like, I don't know enough to talk about this. And I'm more cynical about it. And I'm like, uh, I'm like, if I posted about every single conflict or thing that was happening in, in the world or in America or whatever, like, that's all I would post about. Yep. That's not entirely how I feel, but that is a big part of me that's very cynical about just everything now. There's a performative element to it as well. Oh, for sure. You know, some The Black people. Square? Who yeah, remembers oh. that? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but you know what? There is a flip side to that. And people talk about that right now. Like, somebody shared uh, why it's important to still share things. And it's like... Yeah, maybe you don't have a lot of followers, but if you engage with the post, it will be promoted more, blah, blah, blah. In 2020, when people were sharing the the black square for George Floyd, a lot of my Arizona friends who are not politically involved and really quiet about a lot of things posted it, which it was really interesting for me to see my friends in L.A. talk about like, oh, stop posting this. It's like burying posts that are important. And I didn't post it for that reason. But then when I saw my friends from Arizona from high school post it, it was encouraging because I was like, oh, wow, like, that's cool. I didn't know you cared about any of this. And this is me, uh, someone with light skin. Like, I can see if I put myself in the shoes or like, let's say this was an LGBT movement and I saw someone who I would not expect it from post, I would feel encouraged and I would feel good. I'd be like, oh, wow, like people have my back in a way, you know. So that's another thing. We here were shaming people for doing that because we are in like Liberal level Mecca. level five woke, you know. <laughs> but like in in Arizona, that was meaningful, and that's why I think sometimes 
we are oblivious to how things work outside of progressive bubbles. And that's that. And just to give context for anyone who's watching this and doesn't know what we're talking about, this was in the summer of 2020 after George Floyd's murder. There was a there was yeah there was like a slew social of people social movement of people posting black squares on their Instagram as a way of showing support for the cause and the Black Lives Matter movement. Clarifying for anyone who, who yeah. needs comment. I got, I, an, I got an argument like with my, a family member, like a legit argument about, with the looting and all that shit that was going on, the protesting. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of discussion and I got in serious arguments with people in my family about that. And these people think differently now. So. Me too. I got in a serious argument with some of my family members, which I don't know how much of a difference I made, but we had the conversation. That is good because... I also now, I preserve my energy more, so I will not get in arguments on Facebook yeah. or whatever, or yeah. I don't even use Facebook, but whatever. I, I try not to get in arguments, but I think, and this is, I used to think this a lot too, like when I was in the closet, let's say, back to like being gay. That's my identity. <laughs> <laughs> if I was in the closet as a kid feeling the way I felt, and I saw that my uncle pushed back on someone, Regardless, that me, that would have meant the world to me. Or like my brother defend gay people from another family member. Like maybe they didn't change that person's mind, but they definitely made me feel less. Oof, alone. you just gave me goosebumps. Yeah. I like that. That's good. <laughs> but it's true, and it applies to anybody, you know, like any type yeah. of cause. Like you don't necessarily have to change someone's mind as long as you, you sometimes just shouldn't let things go unchallenged. Totally. But I don't know. Also, That's sometimes such a good perspective. Because sometimes it really does feel you're just like screaming into the void. Mm-hmm. Just quick statistics. I want to throw at you both. Let me know what you guys think on this. So according to a 2021 American Enterprise Institute study, 15% of adults have ended a friendship over politics, with 22% specifically ending a friendship due to a difference in support for former President Donald Trump. That number, does that surprise you or not? 15% of adults have ended a friendship over politics. So this isn't, It's this, kind of low. I thought it'd be more. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I was surprised by that number too. And again, this is not necessarily like saying that they don't want to be friends with one. It's about ending a friendship. Like never talking. Oh, okay, again. okay, yeah, 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 never talking. Um, 15? Mm-hmm. From that same survey, a majority of Republicans, 53% of them, say they have at least some friends who are Democrats. In contrast, less than one-third, 32% of Democrats, say they have at least some Republican friends. So basically, Republicans are more likely to have Democratic friends, whereas the Democrats at only 32% are a lot less likely to have... Republicans uh, Republican are a ruling minority. Like, a Republican president has not won the popular vote in many elections, I think like six terms at least. Like Trump didn't win the popular vote. Actually, Republicans haven't won or haven't had like a great run in an election since 2016. Like they've lost elections ever since. Like they just lost one recently. I mean, Republicans are still winning in places, but they do underwhelming according to their expectations. Like abortion is a big one. They're losing to that. They depend on the electoral college because our vote here in California does not count as much as the vote of someone who lives in a lot of the red states. That's why they gerrymander. People want affordable college and affordable health care or, or free or people want federal minimum wage. I don't have the numbers in my hand, but I literally read this this morning. Like these policies are popular maternity um, abortion um, access is huge it's like probably the number one marriage equality that's another one it's really popular and the next generations are just becoming more of that i think the republican side especially the super conservative side has to adjust if they want to survive in the way they are because right now it's a losing it's just a matter of time like they can't cheat forever and that's why i think the statistic you're saying makes sense because more people agree with all these things. And it's not a hot take to say, 
I want maternity leave to be a federal mandate. I feel hopeful about that. And I do think we're on the right side of things. And I think progressive policy can and will overtake. And not everything has to be progressive. Like another thing, Trump also gave COVID relief, but the Biden relief, I remember that was a hot topic. I remember AOC talking about it, like really pushing for it. It contributed a lot to the inflation that we're experiencing now, which affected a lot of people. Interest rates went up. People lost jobs. We, we didn't land into a full-on recession, but it cost people. Like, we, yeah, we got, a, what, $2,000 or whatever, but it contributed a lot to inflation. It wasn't just because of that, but it contributed a lot. So in hindsight, I was like, oh, maybe some conservative people were right about that. And mm -hmm. and I'll say this. I got money. I didn't need it. I'll, I'll take If they're giving it to me, I'm going to take it. But yeah. um, <laughs> I didn't need it. I'm not going to say no. Yeah, and, I, and 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 I bet you all, anyone who got it and didn't need it used it. I mean, I commend people. I considered when I got it donating. to donating it, but I'm trash and I didn't. Uh, <laughs> but that was progressive policy that didn't fully pan out. And Trump also gave money, but Democrats are twice as likely as Republicans to report having ended a friendship over a political disagreement. Interesting. That yeah. Interesting. Why is it? Why do you have any quick thoughts as to why Republicans are more likely to hold on to a friendship with a Democrat as opposed to Democrats? Because we're so sensitive. Snowflakes. <laughs> I think we're on the receiving end of a lot of how these things affect people. Like a Republican will not be mad at me probably because I'm against immigration coming in. Th the way that I will be mad about them wanting mm. my mom deported. That's you a know? good point. And like, like same for me. Abortion, it's like yeah. Abortion. It's like, yeah, I'm going to be less likely to be open-minded. Someone's like, yeah, actually, I think I'm going to decide what you do with your body. Right, exactly. And they're not going to be like, oh, you want to control your yeah. rights? Like, <laughs> Don't be that mad. Yeah, just yeah, be annoyed. yeah, come yeah. On. That's a really good point. And I guess just to wrap it all up, we kind of talked about it earlier, but how would you handle a situation if someone's listening and has a friend who has different political views, which not should they end a friendship, how would they? how should they handle their thought process behind that decision-making? This is an aspect of a person. Like, the, your political preference is just a part, a fraction of who you are. Like, when we hang out, we don't really talk about this that much. Like, so what if I hang out with someone and have a great time and they're really funny and we get along really well? And they also happen to be, again, it's not black and white. Like, if they were at the Capitol on January 6th, we're not friends. But, like, if they are fiscally conservative and kind of want, like, you know— less government, smaller government, less help for unemployment or whatever. If I have a good enough time, I just don't touch that topic with you. Or if we do and we could talk about it and not be mad, then I even that, I, I welcome that. We need to have friends who don't think exactly like us. Mm, for sure. That's really important. Yeah, for sure. Because then echo chamber again. Yeah, I am sick of fighting. I am sick of like dividing families, friendships, the country. Let's just all try to put a little bit of effort to come together and coexist in a peaceful way. Nobody wants to be fighting. Just vibe. Maybe take a look at news or causes that are not just the ones that you usually look at. Yeah. I think it's important to look at the news that people that disagree with me watch to see what they're learning about, what they're hearing, what they're saying, and then fact check and look and cross-examine my own news sources. Let's take a moment to thank Fernando, everyone. Yeah. Please make sure to send him lots of love in the comments. You thank know, you, Fernando. He could be a one big step for towards healing this country. Ah. With this, with this 2028, I think, is going to be the year that I announce my my run. I would vote for you. I, would vote. you. I actually would vote for you. Are you... Are you <laughs> I know you're a citizen now. Are you allowed to run for presidency in the future? Yeah. Okay. So even if you're not a, a natural born citizen, you're, yeah, not, you're no, allowed you, to run. Oh, uh, I. Ooh, I can run for office. I don't know for president. Interesting. Well, well, I have no intention. So <laughs> you say that now. I had so much fun talking to you guys. I love these conversations. I love the podcast. It feels like just chatting with your friends when you listen and when you are here now. I know it really is like that. And thank you for the kind words. Um, of course. It's 
really nice. It was our privilege to have you here, and you know, I, I think for such a, a you know a very taboo conversation, you were the perfect guest to have on, and we hope to have you back for more political discussions. When there's another insurrection, we we'll get yeah, you right we'll this, be that here. same day. We'll get our you over here. <laughs> I'll, I'll put it on my calendar, January seventh. There you tomorrow. go. We'll be here. Exactly. He is our political correspondent. So thank you, everyone. Uh, With no credentials, by the way. Like, don't. This is just me talking. It's, Watch this be the start of his ascent. In mm. politics, <laughs> <laughs> it might be. It might be. My you, second, you get a, you'll get a little DM from Vivek asking for you to, or Hassan. Mm, Hassan. Okay, Hassan. Well, he wants <laughs> not be want... back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, you would love. Both of you have little crushes on Hassan. Oh, big I mean, crush. Who does not mm. I mean, it's true. It's Hassan, did you I... see this? <laughs> No, that scares me. That scares me that he'd ever see this. But also, <laughs> yeah. on his Instagram, I always see you like his. Yeah. Like, I always see you there. <laughs> He's the first I'm one. Maybe. He's got notifications. I used on. to follow an Instagram account that was just uh, thirst traps of him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have followed it because I'm a serious person now. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, so, Hassan, if you ever want to hire him, he's not following that account anymore. I don't follow that account. I respect you now. <laughs> He might have followed it. I don't know. Either way, thank you so much, everyone, for listening, as always. Uh, send lots of love to Fernando. Leave a like, a comment, a review. We appreciate you being here. Lots of love. You want to send them off with a little goodbye message, everyone? I would say elections are coming up, and they are going to be really, really important. As of, like, last week, Trump was kind of winning a little bit. If we think that Donald Trump doesn't have a chance of winning, we are wrong. He actually has, like, a 50% chance. So... Register to vote and get involved. And Unless you are voting for Trump, then don't. Yeah. <laughs> just don't don't choose not to vote. Unless, yeah, yeah. Unless like, you're voting for Trump, then just vote. vote. I this is my first presidential election where I'll be able to vote, so I'm really excited. That's exciting. Oh, nice. Very exciting. Yay, citizenship. Okay. All right. Lots of love, everyone. Bye. Goodbye. And to the Trump supporters, we see you. That's all. Is <laughs> that meant to be a threat? Or no, no. no. I, I was going to say, we see you. We appreciate you. Like, like, let's truly, I think this is a good time to like stretch your hand, have conversations, and try to like heal our society. Heal the world. We Make are. it a better. Yeah, that one. We can do that one. You know that one? Heal the world. Make Why it a better place. Room? For you and for me and the entire human race There are people dying If you care enough for the living Make a this, is Michael, <laughs> this is a Michael Jackson song Oh, well, I don't listen to Michael Jackson oh, that's, that's another one, that's episode one That's one of the few problematic artists you don't listen to <laughs> Yeah, that's the only Separate one Separate episode Yeah, but I love Separating Kanye Separating the art from the art <laughs> Oh my god <laughs> Who Just would you say off the record